Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. is dropped on soccer's morning show it's another round of soccer down here and uh greetings from macon for day number one two this day number three wednesday thursday yeah day number three and uh we're here again uh, tomorrow for basketball and let's see so the rundown for today it is Jarrett joining at 10 for weekend whip around. Patent pending trademark coming uh, sooner, hopefully, rather than later. Uh, hopefully, our friends from Beyond Goals will be joining us at 930, as they traditionally do. We can talk about everything going on with uh, Atlanta United. Uh, it is thundering here outside the uh, the uh, hotel in Macon, and I'm hoping that everybody is playing it as safely as possible today if the weather is as bad where you are as it is uh, where I am. Morning, Alex. Morning, Michael. Morning, Coco. Glad to have all of you with us. Uh, you know, once again here in the first half hour, it is what you guys are looking at when it comes to Atlanta United. Atlanta United and Charlotte. We had Will Pelagic on the show. So uh, we'll get those thoughts in the queue. But before we get into that, uh, opening kickoff brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee. Kickoffcoffeeco.com. And once again, as I try to sit here and figure things out, there we go. The QR code for those of you watching on Twitch is right there and blocking my face. And I know a lot of folks think that that's a compliment and the way that things should be. But remember, once again, you go to a kickoff coffee, CO, kickoff coffee, CO.com and use the code soccer down here. 15 to get 15% off of your purchases. And they, in turn, take 10% reinvested into the youth game. Very, very cool stuff from our friends at Kickoff Coffee and KickoffCoffeeCO.com. All right. Uh, for those of you watching on Twitch, I'm going to duck out of camera range for a second because I want to get the wording right. And it literally was something that occurred to me this morning as I was uh, getting everything squared away for the show. So... Uh, just so I can get the word right, it, just because the just because there's nothing on the screen and you see an empty hotel room doesn't mean there's nothing going on for like a triple negative cut. But I wanted to get the wording right on this particular element here in uh, the hotel room. So I'm going to walk over and see if I can read it 
in decent form here. Okay. Do not hang items from sprinkler head. This will cause flooding. Literally, that's what the sign says. Do not hang items from sprinkler head. This will cause flooding. And, you know, for fire prevention purposes, there is a, you know, there, there's a sprinkler head here in the hotel room. That That is not up for debate. That That's what this is, uh, unless they're here to water plants or, or grass or something that I didn't know about. Seeing a sign like that, are they being preventative or did an incident actually happen that necessitated that kind of a sign? So I ask you, how many other blatantly obvious signs have you guys seen in public that, you know, we would sit there and we would go, duh, but apparently for others, it's something that they felt compelled to do. So Michael, probably with the leader in the clubhouse idea, means that flooding has occurred. And then it, it, it did accrue. Morning, Will. Uh, why someone would feel compelled to do something like that when you have a closet and when you have space in and around your hotel room where you can actually either hang things or lay things down, yet you still have a sign that is there on the sprinkler head. No, it's not on the sprinkler head. Next to the sprinkler head. Sorry. Next to the sprinkler head telling you not to hang something from the sprinkler head. And so I was just wondering, since I saw that one, what other signs are out there where you guys would sit there and say, well, duh, and the signs posted anyway. So we have some early contenders. Michael Head. Bridge freezes before roadway. And apparently Alex has actually seen the same sprinkler sign that I have seen, that I am seeing here this week. Coco, probably mean, it means people probably hung clothes on coat hangers from the sprinklers. Not sure why, but all signs are results of accidents. OG, famous incident prompted McDonald's to remind people coffee is hot. And Jerome Bettis is from Detroit. And David Green and David Pollock played football, dating all the way back to their time in Youth League in Gwinnett County. And Coco, this is my this is my larger point. Not sure why someone would feel compelled to do so. Yeah, there's a closet here. There's a closet in this room. It's about half the size. Well, I mean, it's about half the size of the hangers that I have in my closet, where I have all my soccer jerseys. It's about a half that size. Why, if you're, I mean, and if you're here, I mean, I'd love to know what the average hotel stay is. You know, the, the, as is the average hotel stay two days, three days, five, 
you know, whatever it is. And unless you are carrying an incredible amount of clothing for your two or three or five day period, I would think that the closet space would be enough. Are you afraid that if you put something in the closet, you're going to forget that it's there as a part of your wardrobe over time? So you feel compelled to hang it on the, the water, the uh, the fire sprinkler? I'm I'm still trying to figure this out. <laughs> Michael, you're trying to explain the general population? <laughs> Alex, whenever you feel you've idiot-proofed something sufficiently, a new idiot vector appears to prove you wrong. Hashtag idiot vector. I have to remember that one. Alex, I mean, sorry, Coco. Do not submerge in water on electrical appliances. Yeah. I, you know, especially while it's plugged into the wall. Directions on an airplane bag of peanuts. Open bag to eat. See, now I'm going to have to look for that one because I haven't seen open bag to eat. I'm going to have to look at the see Now, when I'm on a plane, I'm going to have to look at these things now. Uh, Nicks, don't take insert medicine here if you're allergic to it. Yeah, I mean, you hear that on the TV commercials. Don't take this. Don't take insert medicine here if you're allergic to insert medicine here. So then why, pray tell, would you take said medicine if you're allergic to it? I mean, literally. You're in the doctor's office. Doctor sits there and says, hey, I'd like to prescribe this medicine for you. Medicine X. You say, no, I'm allergic to medicine X. Doctor says, well, I'm going to prescribe it for you still. Here, have Medicine X. Take it home with you. But doctor, I'm allergic to Medicine X. I'm going to prescribe it for you anyway. Doctor, I'm not supposed to take Medicine X. I'm allergic to it. Here is your prescription. Uh Uh-huh. Those are the TV commercials that get me the most. No lie. Those are the TV commercials that get me the most. Yes, for ish and giggles. Exactly, Sam. That is exactly why you take something that you're allergic to. It's like the the, the four or five-year-old kid. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And you do it anyway, and then you have to live with the repercussions. More likely, your parents have to live with the repercussions. But that's just, that's just, that's just the way it always is. You want to sit there, and you push the button, push the button, push the button. It's okay when you're five, six, seven, eight years old in elementary school or something. And, you know, you're sitting there, morning, Tom. You're sitting there and you're trying to, it's like you're testing your the limits of your parents' patience. And you sit there and you do something. But as the older you get, oh, yeah, we still have the ant problem here in the hotel room. And I don't know why. Um, you sit there you know, as, a, uh, as an adult. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, well, I, that's the thing. It, yeah, that's the time. That's the thing, Tom. We were getting <laughs> we were getting into it this morning because the uh, over my over one of the walls is the the idea of don't put a hang don't put anything on a hanger with a uh, uh, with a sprinkler system. Michael Parkhurst joining us in fifteen minutes. So that is officially official. Our friends from Beyond Goals Mentoring joining us. We'll talk about emotions because Michael had a. A video discussing uh, understanding your emotions, being in control of your emotions, that kind of stuff. But now, the opening kickoff this morning literally was 
seeing that sign here in the hotel room and going, really? And wondering how many other instances in life you guys are sitting there going, really? Happy Mario Day, everyone. Like Super Mario? I mean, I'm like 12. No, like, hey, I, I do not. Yeah, yeah, I have an ant problem. Thank you. Yes, and Joni's here. See, now I wish I had like a doorbell drop. Thank you, OG. I don't know where the ants are coming from. I'm on the fourth floor of a hotel. Okay, thank you, Sam. Because like I said, I, it's been a long time since I played video games. Um, and legitimately, OG, and I, and I don't know how this went down, but I legitimately, oh, the movie. Thank you, Nix. Um, yes, exactly. Expired. Expired. That was what I tried to do when I was bringing all of my snacks here for uh, five days, trying to figure out what I was going to take. Uh, Martin. Ah, yes. Thank you, Sam. Uh, M-A-R-10. Uh, spells out Mario. Yes, it does. Uh, for those of us on keyboards and things. But yes, I, I do have... Uh, see, now these screwballs are chasing after my soda. Um, legitimately, I'm on the fourth floor of a hotel. I'm on the fourth floor of a hotel here in Macon. And I have no earthly idea. No, no, no it's, not, it's not that. It, it is fantastic commercial recall is what it is, OG. And for this entire week, and I don't know how, I don't know physically how this happens, that ants are coming up to the fourth floor of this hotel and they're invading my hotel room, and I don't know why. And I don't know how. And, and well, no, hey, OG, nothing wrong with blurting out commercial copy randomly. That's what we're here for with these references. Uh, yeah. See, and and Nick's with an and, and Nick's with an excellent point having to do with the, that particular commercial. They just moved into the house and they have all the expired food. So the folks before them left the food. Is that what happened? The folks before them left the food when you moved into this new house with all with the ant problem that you have. So that's that that is the intriguing aspect of all of that. So. But no, I, to the, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of how, even on a day which is profoundly crappy over my right shoulder. Uh, okay, no, he's asking if they moved the expired food from their old house. They, see, and this is what I'm talking about, Alex. I don't know how they get up there. Yeah, thank you, one step at a time. See, and I finally got the punchline. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how ants make it to the fourth floor of a hotel. One step at a time. Bang, I got it. But I mean, were they on the fourth? Were they on the third floor? Have they been living here on the fourth floor? Do they know that uh, I'm visiting and have a a a, a drink that is uh, available for diving into? I don't know how this works. So that is my biggest question: is how are these ants getting up here to the fourth floor of a hotel, and why are they certain? Why are they chasing me? Why are they chasing me and my stuff? Anyway, that's your opening kickoff. Brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee and uh, KickoffCoffeeCo.com. Once again, there's your QR code for those of you who are watching on Twitch. Reminder, once again, that uh, if you are interested in Kickoff Coffee, you're interested in coffee in general, kickoffcoffeeco.com, and they in turn will, uh, if you use the code soccer down here 15 as a part of your investment and all your pickups from Kickoff Coffee, they in turn take 10% when you use the code soccer down here 15 and reinvest it into the youth initiatives. Very, very cool stuff from our friends at Kickoff Coffee and kickoffcoffeeco.com. So Michael Parker is joining us in 10 minutes. That And that is absolutely true. Alex, absolutely true. Mountain Dew seeking behavior. That is absolutely that is it. And that's the thing. Maybe, maybe Nick's they are. 
elevator capable ants. Well, if they were flying ants, they would be a lot larger in stature. I mean, literally, these are the the smallest dudes that you will ever come across. But yeah, I don't know what their entry point is in this room. That might be through the air conditioning. But I'm still trying to figure out, A, how they got in here, B, how they got to the fourth floor, and C, why are they chasing me and no one else? We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. So that's the... That's one of the that's one of the biggest things that I've been able to try and tackle this morning. Been able to try to tackle it this entire time. But uh, once again, Michael Parker's joining us in ten minutes, and uh, you know, flight of foot, you know, flight of foot, man, slide of foot. They're they're faster. They get up here quicker. Um, Michael Parker's joining us in ten minutes for the Friday free kick and our friends at Beyond Goals Mentoring. Ten o'clock starts the weekend whip around patent pending trademark coming, and uh, hopefully we will get joined by Jason Longshore to talk about Atlanta and Charlotte. And we will see what Jason's thoughts are. Wow. Wow. We're getting Allman Brothers comments. And Will. <laughs> that is, see, Will, I think you've got it pegged. I'm a victim of harassment. You're, you're spot on. You, got, you guys are on it this morning. I give you full credit. And uh, you've pulled me through yet another week. Uh, <laughs> Nick's said Will wins the internet. But, uh, yeah, so weekend whip round comes at 10 o'clock. We uh, blow through the week in a Major League Soccer, and then we're out of here at 11.05 because I've got to be at the arena somewhere close to 11.30, 11.45 because uh, basketball starts at 1 again. 1, 3, uh, three-point competition at 5 o'clock, 5.30, 7.30. So that's your, that's your rundown of the events, uh, GPP knowledge over the air and all the GPP sports platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and the app, and, and YouTube. So, uh, yeah, the, well, the original kickoff, OG, was signs or commercials that are too obvious for a lot of us, but still are being done anyway. Yeah, opening kickoff was me having a sign in my hotel room that says, don't put hanger." and I'm paraphrasing, don't put hangers on the sprinkler because it'll cause flooding. And I was wondering, with a hotel room that has as much closet space as mine is, why people would want to put stuff on hangers on a fire sprinkler or on a water sprinkler in a room when if their average stay in a hotel is only two or three days or so, even though I'm here for five, what is the deal with wanting to put something on a sprinkler head when you've got a big closet? So that was the, that was, and signs like that that we see that are, are commercials that are just like giant does. And we look at them and go, why are they up? Why are, why are they up in the first place? And then we've kind of walked through other places, other signs, other things like that. So, uh, and, and legitimately, legitimately, Will, this is Bill Engvall, here's your sign territory. And Nick's, who are these people? What's up with that? Legitimately, that is what we're getting into this morning, uh, at least for opening kickoff. But, uh, no, it's legitimate. Whatever you guys want to talk about soccer-wise for seven minutes, and then Michael Parkers joins us at 930. 
and weekend whip rounds at 10 o'clock right here at 11.05. And uh, we will blow through the entire uh, Major League Soccer setup for you in the 10 o'clock hour. We'll go through all the games, all the matches, and get you ready for uh, the weekend. A couple of things from a news front that uh, I wanted to get into uh, before Michael joins us at uh, 9.30. The women's national team up in Canada, uh, the Canadian women's national team, they gave testimony yesterday in Ottawa. And two hours, four senior members of the women's national team testified before the Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage took turns condemning Canada soccer and uh, allegedly disrespecting the women's national team, drastically cutting their budget. Christine Sinclair said in her opening statement, Canada soccer's approach to negotiating with its players, quote, has reflected a culture of secrecy and obstruction, end quote. Uh, As the popularity, interest, and growth of the women's game have swept the globe, our most painstaking battle has been with our own federation, trying to obtain fair and equitable treatment in the way we are supported and in the way we are paid. Sinclair, Janine Becky, Sophie Schmidt, Uh, invited to Ottawa to uh, testify about their labor dispute with Canada soccer players returned to the field a day later. Remember what she believes Sinclair told the hearing about a negotiating session uh, last year with then Canada soccer named Bontis who resigned February 27 quote, never been more insulted than I was by Canada soccer's own president last year as we met with him to discuss our concerns. I was tasked with outlining our compensation ask on behalf of the women's national team. President of Canada Soccer listened to what I had to say, then later referred back to it as, quote, what is it Christine was bitching about, end quote. To me, this spoke volumes about the lack of respect uh, Canada Soccer has for its women's national team. As a team, we do not trust Canada Soccer to be open and honest as we negotiate, continue to negotiate for not only fair and equitable compensation and treatment, but for the future of our program. Players' testimony on Thursday came days after Canada Soccer reached an interim agreement with the women's national team overpay for 2022. Hours before the hearing began, Canada Soccer published details of what the Federation said was part of its contract offer to the women's national team. An offer Canada Soccer said has been in front of the women since June of 22. Sinclair said some of the details included in Canada Soccer's news release had not previously been shared with the players. Conservative MP Kevin Wall said it was, quote, disgusting, end quote, for Canada Soccer to make public details from its purported offer shortly before the hearing. Uh, Janine Becky, uh, We feel quite disrespected by the way they went about their business. Also don't feel it's the right place to stoop down to that level, if you will. Here to speak about this issue, and we believe that that was talked about in good faith bargaining between our Players Association and the association instead of stayed between the Players Association and Canada Soccer Association. We feel quite disrespected that it wasn't respected that it stayed behind closed doors before the, uh, the agreement was actually signed. There were terms, numbers, and pieces of what was in their statement today that has not even been communicated to us. So that was a bit of a shock to us. Players also testify they want details of Canada Soccer's media and sponsorship contract with Canadian Soccer Business. We got into that discussion. Uh, private company owned and operated by the owners of the CPL teams, the uh, domestic league. Agreement obliges CSB to pay the guaranteed fee. We talked about the $3 million back in 2019 to 27, topping out at $3.5 million in 27. Contract signed. By then, Canada Soccer's president says CSB has the right to extend a deal for another 10 years, but you've got to pay Canada Soccer at least $4 million a year. Canada Soccer keeps all ticket revenue from national team matches. Contract says CSB keeps all revenue from sponsorships. Janine Becky, quote, 
This was our own association blatantly betting against the success of its national teams. We don't know why Canada Soccer did this deal. Either they had no idea it was a terrible deal for Canada Soccer, or they knew it was a terrible deal and they did it anyway. Each of these options is unthinkable. Schmidt testified about cuts to youth national team programs. Quinn spoke to the hearing about how cutbacks have affected players' medical care. Players asked if they have confidence in Canada Soccer's leadership. Sinclair and Quinn said they do not have faith in acting President Charmaine Crooks, who was appointed to the position March 1st. And quotes go after that. Quinn testified after an official from Sport Minister Pascal St. Ange's office reached out to discuss players the possibility of a government audit. The players did not respond. FIFA has rules about government interference and players worried about the possibility of Canada being kicked out of this summer's World Cup. Several MPs asked players who else on the committee should summon as witnesses. Committee's been given Canada Soccer's contract with CSB. It was not able to be used during Thursday's testimony because it has not been translated into French. Canada Soccer General Secretary Earl Cochran Bont is expected to be called to testify on March 20. We'll keep an eye on that in 10 days' time. Likely more hearings will happen. Sinclair said anyone involved in negotiating Canada Soccer's contract with CSB should be called along with Canada Soccer board members who approved the deal. And uh, Liberal MP asked the players if they should uh, call Victor Montaliani, former Canada Soccer president, now FIFA VP. The players collectively said yes. So that's your update with what happened with uh, uh, Canada Soccer testifying on the Hill in, in Ottawa. So obviously we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Nick's. New footage of the dog on the field the other night. Some security guy just let him on the field. Oh, wow. Okay. I did not know that. Although I do hope that the dog got a good home. I hope, that, I mean, he might just be a stadium dog or something, but I hope that that dog is being well taken care of. And uh, so that's good to, that's good to see. Uh, public note from uh, the OG, uh, like Sandy McAfee's articles on Atlanta United, atlutd.com. Informative, nice, neutral tone, appreciator pieces, and good stuff out of there. And so Emilio <laughs> going back and forth with the OG about that as well. Um, so uh, that's your update on Canada soccer. Obviously, we've got stuff going on in England and overseas. And uh, all right, so we said that Michael Parkhurst was coming on, and, and he's going to. You will appreciate, for those of you who are watching on Twitch, how the man is styling and profiling this morning. Check out the lid on the captain. Morning, John. Morning, sir. Uh, opening kickoff this morning, uh, I know this will surprise you. Opening kickoff kind of got off the rails a little bit. Once again. <laughs> so I know, like, four. Well, and, and like I said, I know it will surprise you. So... I, I'm in I'm in Macon. I'm in Macon, Georgia, about 90 minutes south of Atlanta because the high school basketball championships are going on. And this is me without makeup and a suit this week. So I know that's a scary proposition. So in the hotel, there is a sign next to the fire, uh, the, the water sprinkler to take care of fires. Literally, and it's a sign with a little picture on it that says, do not hang do not put hangers on the sprinkler. This will cause flooding. Hmm. I want to pay attention to that. And I was saying that in a hotel room, I mean, traditional stay. I mean, when you're on the road, how long is a traditional, uh, traditional stay for you when you're in a hotel? Two days. Okay. 
So you would think that with the closet that is in said hotel room, when you are in a hotel room stay for two days, that the closet could handle everything that you're bringing with you, true? 100%. Why in God's name, with a closet the size it is for a two-day hotel stay, would you want to put something on a fire sprinkler, on a water sprinkler? This is what some crazy people out there, John. This is what I'm saying. This is it's like, why? And I know they're crazy people. And so then we got into the idea of, okay, are there other signs out there or other commercials out there? And it gravitated to that where you've watched and you sat there and you went, well, that's a big old giant. Duh. Yet they still do it anyway. Have you have you what other ones are out there for you? Like the commercial with the the, uh, uh, you know, the. Uh, what is it that like the prescriptions where they say, don't take this if you're allergic to this <laughs> and you're going, yeah, seriously, we get this today. And I didn't know if you would run into those kinds of things either that you sit there and went, yeah, that's a big old giant. Duh. Uh, I mean, the obvious one for me is like when you order a coffee in the, the lid or the cup says careful it's hot and you're like yeah i hope it is <laughs> unless you <laughs> unless you like cold coffee for whatever yeah. um but, uh, traveling john i mean you see the you see the best and the worst of uh society out there every time every time through the airport it's just amazing to see people that look like they've never in the last at least since 9-11 traveled and, and have no idea how to get through a security line it's incredible well, and, and you know, they got they're wearing their belt and they're wearing like shoes with laces. And you're going, come on, man. They're wearing their jacket. You know, it's like <clears throat> having to take everything off and put it in. You know, they forget that they forget their phone is in their back pocket. They forget their keys, which are in their front pocket. And it's like they have to go like three or four different times. And you're sitting there and you're looking at your watch and you're going, you know, it'd be nice if I could actually. Oh, I don't know. Get my way through this line here. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about, right? Absolutely. And that was actually a really good prank that we used to do. Oh, at Atlanta United um, on travel days, right, uh, was if you could sneak a water into someone's bag that they were carrying on <laughs> so that they had, so they got pulled over by security, obviously um, going through the security checkpoint and, you know, go through the bag and they find a water and, you know, the guy's always like, well, how the heck did that water get in there? And and you guys are going, uh, uh, yeah, we'll meet, meet you at the gate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see you in a bit. Um, all right. So, uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to get into this morning. Do you want to talk soccer? Or do you want to talk mentoring first? Uh, soccer. Okay. So takeaways from the Atlanta United match with uh, Toronto, where once again, uh, you know, you get a team that scores an early goal and decide that. And, and this went beyond, I think, what we saw in you know, other you know, the match against San Jose. It seemed to me like Toronto had zero interest in playing. Insigne wasn't there. And so it just seemed, unless they got the one break where they thought they had numbers, Bob Bradley and Toronto FC thought that the ball had cooties, wanted nothing to do with it, and just punted it. And it's just like, look, I'm going to get the point, and I'm going to get out of dodge, and I'm going to conquer calf o'clock this starting in the 50th minute, 
and you have players who are delaying. You have players who are laying. And this is this is personal pet peeve. And I know that it's all part of concacafing, and I get it. Player goes down, and you know he's grabbing whatever ailment is there. You know it's a calf or an ankle, or he's sitting there, you know, and wondering what's going on. You're wondering, it's like, okay, what hurt? And the stretcher comes out. The stretcher crew comes out. And then just as the stretcher gets there and they put the stretcher down, dude's like, nope, I'm okay. Always. Come on, man. You got you've got to give cards in that in that case. And we rarely ever see it that dude's like, up, I'm up. And you know, he's just kind of jogging off or whatever. You never see, you rarely, I'll say rarely, because not never is probably too much of a stretch. You rarely see cards in a situation where I think cards should be administered when you're trying to CONCACAF your way out and get a point or three. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, cards is a, a big step, but at the minimum, like when that occurs, the referee should not let the player on for like a solid minute. Like, just don't look over there. You know, like if he's going to lie around and waste three minutes on the field and then expect as soon as he gets on the sideline to run back right, right back on the field, like don't, uh, that'll teach them a lesson, right? If, especially if they get a, a goal scored on them. All right. While they're, while this guy's out of, out of bounds. Um, I, I think that's like the next step, right? You're down on the field. You go, you have to go off, right? Because usually those guys are not going off if, if a yellow card was given, right? Because they can take their time. They don't have to go off the field, right? So in any other case, if you're going off the field, I'm thinking you should be off the field for at least a minute. Okay. Like a power play situation. Yeah. And maybe if the stretchers come on, you're, you're stretching that to a minute and a half or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, uh, so Alex says, it's the old James Brown thing where they put the cape on him and start to walk him backstage and he throws it off and comes back to the mic. But but soccery. So for those of you that watch James Brown. Um, and, and so obviously when when you're when you are playing on a team, that's a goal down. Or you're you're trying to fight from a deficit situation, and you notice even going in that the team that you're playing against, you got a home game. Team that you're playing against has zero interest in doing anything. It's like basically showing up, grabbing your paycheck, getting your ticket money. Even though I know it's the thirty percent that goes to the league, but just the equivalent of you show up, you check in, you get the you get the the old stub where you sit there and you check in, and it makes the noise and it goes dink. You've checked in. Two hours later, you're done, you check out. How frustrating is that as a player when you know your opposition doesn't seem interested in playing at all? Yeah, that's tough. Um, and and that's, that's challenging. It, and it becomes a mental game as well, right, of like you're throwing nine guys forward, but you have to be careful of that counterattack. And the first goal in those types of games is so important, right? I mean – God, it's tough to break down a team that's got 11 guys behind a ball. Um, and if they're able to get the first goal, it just creates. A, 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 I can sense you're frustrated because I think you're playing through scenarios in your mind, right? Yeah, for sure. Because you've been a part of a lot of those games. Like FC Dallas used to play like that a lot um, on the road, especially when I was with Columbus and we would dominate on the, on the ball and 
you know, they have a couple quick wingers and they get on the break and all of a sudden you find yourself down 1-0. Uh, and then you just throw more numbers forward. You take more chances then the counterattacks more on and you just get continually more frustrated, more frustrated if you're not able to score a goal. And then that just feeds into the other team, um, especially if they've got a good ability on the counter counterattack to, to score goals. I mean, that was Mon- Montreal special for a number of years when they had Piotti um, pulling the strings up there. Uh, but yeah, th- those are really frustrating games. Uh, but if you're able to score the first goal, it becomes so much easier. Right. And then you don't have to throw nine or 10 guys forward. Um, you know, they have to come out of the shell a little bit. Um, so yeah, when you go down in one of those games, it's really, really challenging to come back. So, you know, I'm glad Atlanta did. They were probably unlucky to not win the game with that offside call, which, I don't didn't think it was offside, but um, yeah, it was, it was unfortunate. But uh, yeah, good to come back from that. But disappointing that with you know two games and two home games and, and two deficits. Yeah, and uh, you still go up in the standings in the Eastern Conference after what happened with with Toronto uh, match with Charlotte coming up, and, and folks are still trying to figure out what what to call it. And you know, is it an I eighty five derby? What kind of a derby is it? And I know, I know a lot of folks are trying to – and, and this is a fantastic idea if we can figure out how to do it. Does somewhere in there include Anton's name as a part of this, considering what he meant to both teams? Uh, when it comes to, to derbies in general, what is the locker room like during the span of a week? You, you've got to – you're done with your previous match, and it's like, okay, you dust yourself off of the old one, but now you've got a derby coming up. How, how different is – a locker room knowing that there's a derby and a rivalry game coming up the next time that you go out there on the pitch. Um, is it different? How different is it? Or are you just kind of sitting there taking care of business? And those of us who are outside playing sit there and put more attention to it than the players do. Well, I think that's where, that's where it was with Atlanta United when I was there. Right. I think that <clears throat> the derby with Orlando it was created, you know, by social media. It was by Darren himself doing a lot of things. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, sometimes we'd get frustrated with Darren and, and why he was doing it. Cause it was like, man, you're making our life harder. Like we're the better team. Stop motivating them. Right. Like getting them all fired up, getting a, a billboard down in their own, city um things like that but i get it the rivalries make the sport more enjoyable those games are always a little bit more intense um and i think that we knew that and we felt that um even though i don't know how much of a rivalry you can call it when one team doesn't beat the other team for three years yankees red sox brother that's what it's all Hmm. about totally totally and i grew up a huge red sox fan and uh, i loved watching those games um so i get it and i hope like those true rivalries, though, the, the the problem with having Anton associated with it is usually these rivalries. There's a little hatred in there, and and that's good for the rivalry because that's what fuels it a little bit. And I don't know, you don't want Anton's name associated with that. Is yeah. so I, I don't know. It's challenging. Well, one of the things that you were mentioning this week and this was the the mentoring part that i wanted to get into was one, one of the things for those of you that don't follow at bg mentoring on all of your social medias you should it was where you were discussing emotions and that was why i wanted to kind of go from darby's into to handling emotions and understanding emotions and things like that 
for for players, especially the younger players, they're still trying to figure out, really, it's almost like driving a stick, right? Where you're trying to sit there and figure out, okay, how much of the clutch do I need to push in and then release it and hit the gas and change gears and all these kinds of things. It's almost like driving a stick for, for a younger player trying to figure that kind of stuff out. Yeah, and it's 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 difficult, right? Because you think like, oh, I need to always, always pump up, always pump up, um, you know, really get get the emotions rolling here. And, um, you know, there's there's a time when you need to do the opposite and just, you know, take it down a notch and, you know, um, you know, we talk on here a lot about those fine lines, especially when when we're losing, right? Coming off a loss, right? And what's the reaction as far as like understanding and taking things away from that loss, especially early on in the season, to use, you know, throughout the rest of the season, uh, versus you know, not allowing one loss lead to another and not not accepting losing, but understanding like okay. There's there's a lot more games left and those types of things because at Atlanta United and I think that this is one of our problems we we didn't do well coming back from deficits in games and and I think that that was a lot of the mental emotional roller coaster that a lot of the players on the team had right of like you know we went down a goal and it was just like mm-hmm. you know like if we didn't get that goal back within 10, 15 minutes it really affected us if we went into the locker room losing. Um, you know, you would have thought the sky was falling, um, you know, and same thing after some of the games. And some of that is OK, because, again, you don't want to accept losing and you want to hold guys accountable and stuff. But some of it is um, draining, uh, especially over the course of a long season. So it's like, you know, there's that there's that space where you can be disappointed and learn from it, but not let it affect your confidence or the overall um mojo of the group going forward because and cratering is probably the first word that popped into my head when you're discussing all of these highs and lows and you're trying to sit there and make sure it doesn't turn into a labor of sisyphus i guess where you go down into the valley and then you're trying you're trying to get it right up to the top and then you think you've got it to the top and then for some reason the boulder slides back down and goes back into the valley yet cratering was something that when it comes to emotions that's something that i didn't necessarily think about and consider where I've always thought. And once again, this is just me covering and, and not, you know, being out there playing professionally, trying to make sure that you, you keep that even keel. But when you do hit that bottom, how difficult the journey can be sometimes for some, for some players, I would imagine it's a lot harder when you're in that Valley to come all the way back up. I would think mm-hmm. that some folks are like, yeah, okay, I can manage it better. But then are, then there are some who are more difficult, to, to get out of that valley sometimes. Totally. And I think that, you know, this is, it was one of my strengths throughout my career, right. Of the, the mental kind of space and, and stability a little bit that helps um, with consistency. And, you know, I, one of the things I learned was to, to avoid the valley. It really helps by avoiding the very, very top of the mountain. Right. And so like, we want to enjoy good things and be happy and be excited and, you know, celebrate good things that occur. But um, the, the goal shouldn't be to get on the very top, to be on cloud nine, to be for life, to be perfect and everything to be perfect. Right. Cause 
life is just not like that. Yes, you get little moments of it. Um, but if we are expecting perfection and striving for perfection all the time, then when we don't get it, we're focusing on, you know, the negatives of why isn't it perfect? And why can't I be perfect? And, oh, you know, will it ever be perfect instead of like focusing on like, oh, these things I did really well today um, type stuff. And then, you know, the people that are on or strive for cloud nine and when they get there, those are the people that when it starts to go bad, usually uh, ride the roller coaster all the way down to the bottom because they don't have that mentality of like, yeah, I'm, things might not always be great. You know, bad things. Life's not fair. It's one of my favorite sayings I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, you know, bad things happen. Um, you know, I think when you expect those things, um, and not that you're looking forward to them, but you know that they're a possibility, um, then you're, you're less likely to hit that bottom. But yeah, you're right. Hitting that bottom's tough. And, and we've all been there. And it takes time to get out of it, right? Confidence isn't something when you lose it, like, who? it's back in a flash, right? It's, it's tough. It's always tougher to gain things back than it is to lose it. You know, similar to like weight right? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Body tone or muscle or all that stuff, right? You can lose it real quick. It's fitness. It's tough to get it back. As someone who played at that even keel, and I know it took a while for you to, to understand that it's okay to, to be at the midline. So you're not always on the peak or always in a valley. How many players do you think you rubbed off on in a positive way to help them before you got into beyond goals and such? When you were an active player, how many players do you think you rubbed off on with your approach and helped them come out of the valley and understand it's okay to have a base camp at, you know, at the, the middle of the mountain? Yeah, hopefully some. Uh, I, I think I think some, hopefully uh, a few more. And, you know, I think some of that comes with experience. Um, you know, the South Americans in general are, are more emotional players um so definitely a, a lot of them not all of them um you know struggled in this in this area um you know and i think that i tried to you know and I, and I and i get that it's a little bit different in south america right every loss like is is under a, a microscope and you can't go out and this and that and and some of that is okay in far as like again, it puts pressure on you to perform well and, and there's consequences and those types of things. But part of it is like, it's really tough to, to play well and play free when you're under that type of stress and anxiety all the time and fear of, of losing. Um, you know, so I, I hope I uh, rubbed off. I think I did. And, you know, in our locker room, we had a, a few, you know, Jeff was pretty similar. Darlington was similar. Um, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, those younger guys in the South Americans rubbed off on us a little bit, too, of like, hey, you know, it's OK to, you know, celebrate these good wins and take a picture in the locker room afterwards and, you know, have fun with it, um, you know, and and then come down from there. I just have this vision of a Big Red sitting there being an excitable individual and wondering what that actually is all about. <laughs> would, yeah. declare, would declare a national holiday when Jeff Lorinowitz uh, shows emotion as a professional athlete? Is that is that one in, one in a million days sit there and go? It's it's Big Red's day. Holy crap! He got mad at something. Did that ever <laughs> actually happen in a locker room where where Jeff Lorinowitz actually blew his stack? Yes, for sure. <laughs> I think that happened more often than 
Jeff being overcome by uh, positive and uh, excitement uh, emotions. Um, it probably, probably swung the other way a little bit more. Uh, question from Amelia this morning, and he wants to know about the difficulty of playing on the road. Does a smaller road crowd affect players the same as, say, playing at Lumen or going up against the Sounders and that level of a crowd, trying to figure out why Atlanta might have been struggling on the road? And But I will say this, Emilio, winning on the road in Major League Soccer is not something that happens a lot. I think last season it happened two out of about every seven times in general. So it's not just something that it, it might be stuck in your mind for Atlanta United. It is difficult to win on the road, period. But then Emilio's question about crowd size, is it difficult to play against a smaller crowd sometimes like in maybe a Houston or something like that versus playing at Lumen? What, what, was, what was it like for you? I always enjoyed the bigger crowds, right? It was, it was always easier to get up for the game. You know, there's, there's no fear in – in MLS of playing for, you know, of safety when you're in a big crowd or anything like that. Like I hate people that say like, Oh, relate it to like war or combat or anything like that. Like, come on, this is, this is so different. Um, and so I, I always liked the big crowd. Um, but yeah, the travel is, is difficult. Um, you know, Pep Guardiola recently was complaining about having a travel. I don't know. It was like a two hour flight for a game or something like that. And it was like, you know, it got a little traction in the U.S. soccer media because it was like, uh, you know, the things that we have to go through sometimes. I was say, have you? It's like, have you ever been on a flight to Toronto to go to go to see Toronto FC, brother? I mean, that's... yeah, and things are changing now. I mean, they all fly, you know, private, which is fantastic. It makes a difference, right? Uh, I mean, when I was playing here in Columbus, sixty percent of our flights, seventy percent of our flights were connecting flights um you know not even not even direct and so you know you're factoring in time change it's it's challenging um that being said i do think that sometimes the mentality on the road of like okay let's just get a point okay let's be safe okay let's do this is um sometimes debilitating for a team handicapping them a little bit um so i kind of like how um Atlanta, it seems uh, right now, is is playing similar on the road as they do away. Um, and, and you have to play a little safer because the home team usually has more energy and is more up for it and whatever. Um, you know, but I, I like to see us go after it, like especially this weekend, right, against Charlotte. Um, like they're a good team. They're not a great team. Um, it's not that much travel. You know, it's a rivalry game sort of that they're creating so like um i don't think they should play too much differently in, in charlotte i understand if you're going to the west coast you got a long trip it's the time change what it could be or houston or it's 110 degrees you know things like that can absolutely affect um the the way you uh outlook for the game and prepare for it but um other games i don't think it should Another couple of minutes with Michael Parkhurst, our Freddie Free Kick, mm -hmm. friends of Beyond Goals Mentoring, at BG Mentoring and at MF Parkhurst on the Twitters. When it comes to dealing with today's athlete, and I guess this is probably something that you could break down generationally here. Uh, when it comes to dealing with the highs and lows, yes, hydrate, sir. Absolutely. Make it yeah, because this is one of those questions where you're gonna have to hydrate. When it comes to dealing with the the younger athletes like you and Greg do at Beyond Goals and handling the highs and the lows 
compared to when you and Greg were playing and dealing with the highs and the lows? How different is it looking at today's younger player and how they deal with it? Are you seeing more extremes with them when it comes to today's athlete and dealing with highs and lows? Are they understanding context more uh, when, when you're dealing with them? What do you see? Yes, because I think that there's more expectations and more pressure on kids today. Um, and I think that's it's from the specialization of sport. It's from parents. It's from society. It's from, you know, trying to get scholarships. It's from, you know, trying to get into academies and things like that. Um, I mean, growing up, most of us were playing multiple sports. You played your, you know, your favorite sport, maybe a little bit more than the rest, but um you know, you played for your local team and maybe you went to some tournaments, but, you know, you were maybe you tried out for ODP. But outside of that, there wasn't like that constant like, oh, I need to get to Atlanta United Academy next year or, you know, I need to get to ECNL or MLS next or, you know, this, that or the other thing. Um, you know, so there's with all of these new opportunities and new training methods and all this stuff, which is so great for the younger athlete to improve uh, with that comes a lot of expectations and pressure. And so I think with that comes more ups and downs and, and dealing with, um, you know, positives and negatives. So it, it's tougher, I think for the, the younger athlete today. All right. Two, uh, two more questions. And uh, one has to do with, something that Atlanta United fans got to see last time out. And I don't know how you are in dealing with heights. And so I wanted to, to find it. Dude, what was it like being on top of Mercedes-Benz Stadium for a very, very pretty shot <laughs> with that promo? What was that like, man? Oh, that was cool. Um, I, I enjoyed that. That was cool. I'm not good with heights. Um, but it's, it's funny. When you say that, it instantly reminds me and brings me back there was a hotel in Houston that we used to stay at for away games. And it was one of those where like the, the open lobby all the way up and the rooms were on the outside. And we always be on like the 30th floor, something way up. And I, every time I was like scaling, uh, you know, and, and there was all there was, was like, you know, a, a three and a half foot, you know, thing that you could, you know, lean over and you're look not, down. You're not throwing water balloons off of that into the lobby or anything? Oh, my God. I'm, like, scaling along from the, the wall just to get to the elevator and back. And I'm not passing anybody. It was I, – I hated that hotel. <laughs> Gosh. Not but, good yeah, at But standing on top of Mercedes-Benz to shoot the promo video, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought I, – I wasn't actually on top of the Benz. I don't know how they got that. Uh, oh, okay. Shot. Okay. Maybe. Well, of course, I could be blind and thinking you were someplace else. And, and uh, one other thing, you got a head coach. We did get a head coach. Yes, Connor Smith. How did this come to pass? What were these this negotiations like? Ah, uh, man, it was a process. Not not so much the negotiation with Connor, just the overall process of of looking for and hiring a coach. Um, it was it was I enjoyed it. It was myself and one other guy were. Uh, uh, in charge of it. And, and we probably interviewed 30 so on coaches. Um, you know, we, we had said that um, experience in us, whether USL or MLS was important, especially for a startup team. Um, and so we wanted to hire someone with that experience. That being said, we did interview some coaches that had no experience here um, from South America, from Europe, but 
you know, we, we really valued that experience. And so Kano's uh, name had brought, been brought up for a few different people. Um, I, I knew Kano, uh, played with him in New England my first four years as a pro. Um, and just a great human being, really good dude, um, really respected in the coaching um, sphere and, and amongst his players as well. So we feel really good about the hire um, and, and excited to have him on board and hopefully uh, can put together a, a really good team for us. All right, so uh, the the producers of the show would like to reach out to Michael Parkhurst at Rhode Island FC about getting an interview with Kano Smith, the new head coach at Rhode Island FC. Is, is that is that a possibility? Who do we talk to about that? Totally, you talk to me, John. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> totally, you let you let me know when. We'd like to do a one v one with your new head coach, sir, because uh, as things continue to grow. All right, what's the next thing you knock off your checklist at RAFC? Next thing is, oh gosh, there's the list. It's just endless, John. It's unbelievable. The, the steps, um, you know, finding a training ground uh, and, and developing that is a big one. Um, starting to put together ideas for a roster, assistant coaches. Um, we have to get up there and connect with the community a little bit more this summer. Um so all of that is more, is more beer, more beer drinking socials is what you're saying. I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, time for the promo for everybody to, to get in touch with you and Greg at beyond goals and with you at RIFC. How do they do it? Yeah, we are at beyond goals mentor BGM, BGM mentoring on Twitter. BG mentoring. Yeah. BG Mentoring, geez, I should know this better, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we've got a YouTube page going on now. Our grand idea for a YouTube page, John, real quick, by the way, is to have like a a one-stop shop for younger players to go to for information. So it's like, you know, what's the difference between ECNL and MLS Next and, and GA and this and that? Because uh, they get so many questions about that. And then like fitness, nutrition, interviews with athletes about the mental side of the game, just a whole bunch of information. So we're just starting to work on that. But I think that'll be uh, cool to put together and, and hopefully a really good resource for, for young soccer players. Looking forward to it. It's Kano and Cap at RAFC with the announcement up there. And uh, Michael Parker, Greg Garza at BG Mentoring on the Twitters. Cap, as always, it's great to catch up with you. Love the lid as uh, Atlanta United gets ready for their match with Charlotte FC this weekend. Thanks for hanging out, as always, my friend. We'll see you soon. You got it, John. Enjoy the basketball. Yes, sir. And the rain and all the other crap and signs with sprinklers. and Yeah, oh. keep your clothes off the sprinkler, would you? Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Keep the clothes off the sprinkler. I think that's the uh, I think that's the motto of today. Clothes off the sprinkler. So uh, it is uh, getting close to the beginning of hour number two. So that means it's time to cut a promo. And I guess I guess I guess I should try and do the uh, get the the music going here. And so once again, what did we say? Twelve and sixteen. I wonder if it's different in a hotel room. So we'll see. So it's a twelve taking the loop off, and obviously this is going to be a shorter promo than traditional, so here we go. For order-free, clean, fresh air, one place you need to go, it's a lemonized service. QR code not over my left shoulder because I'm not in the office this week. Once again, for order-free, clean, fresh air, one place you need to go, it's a lemonized service. For houses, apartments, and condos, one place you need to go. Very, very green way of going about things turnkey process involving houses and condos and, and uh, business owners so that way that 
they can come up with solutions very, very quickly for you when it comes to getting rid of all the odors in your house. You can have odor-free clean fresh air with everything going on when it comes to uh, Eliminize service. And uh, what we always like to talk about with uh, Eliminize is the, the masking agent element of it because it's better than what you have under the sink or above you in the cupboard because when you reach under the sink or above you in the cupboard, you pull out whatever you think is going to work to mask all of your odors. You spray it in the air. There's a reason they call it a masking agent because all it does is mask the odor. It doesn't attack the problem like our friends at Eliminize do all the way down to the molecule with their proven scientific formula. Pricing one of two ways by the cubic foot or parts per million to come up with a price that's affordable for you. And here's your homework assignment. Do I have a pen here? I don't have a pen. I have to use my fingers. All right, index finger. For uh, more answers that you may need, frequently asked questions or otherwise, one place you need to go, it's the website, eliminize.com. So uh, E-L-I-M-I-N-I-Z-E dot com slash Atlanta. Eliminize.com slash Atlanta for odor-free, clean, fresh air. Crowd sponsors of everything SDH on a Freestyle Friday where we discuss everything going on in Major League Soccer. And we discuss a lot of things with Michael Parker's promos where he's like high on the skyline for Atlanta, talking about Atlanta United and what it means, hiring a new head coach at RIFC, Kano Smith, the new head coach there at RIFC. Jared Smith joining us for hour number two. Yeah, he does that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you do join us for hour number two and chasing after ants in my hotel room for the third day in a row. <laughs> I don't okay. I, well, Sam, Sam says the uh, ants took your pen. I'm sure they did. I absolutely think they did. The ants are going to write a manifesto. I apologize, Sam, for not doing the promo in the Martin the Martian voice as previously requested. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, the ants took my pen. Hmm. I'm just waiting for the Dave Matthews joke to, to actually happen. Movie, uh, Ant Man. I'm not a big I'm not a big superhero movie guy. Even though I know that Paul Rudd is is Ant Man. I'm just I'm not big into those kinds of things. Although I do appreciate the uh, was it the Heineken zero point zero promo <laughs> that we got from uh, uh. Ant Man and drinking beer. <laughs> Will with the question oh. for the morning. <laughs> Wrestling entrance theme, why is it neck? <laughs> uh, it would be neck most likely. If not, it would be the it would honestly have been the um I don't know. It depends on what character you give someone. The music has to reflect what what, what character they're given by uh by creative. Okay, so then then I guess the question needs to be asked, Jared. Face heel or tweener? Oh, heels have the most fun. Okay. Uh, would you be like the Randy Orton heelish uh, fo- uh, uh, athlete that they completely and totally respect and adore, even though you are a heel, like the Triple H tweener type, or like legit heel? That'd be fun. I, I don't know if I could. I, I don't think highly enough of myself to pull that off. Um, I will tell you what like music I like for intro music for that or for, you know, if you wanted like bullpen music, which is the other end of this question spectrum, sure. that's true. Um, it is go pull up uh, the Tool album Ten Thousand Days." It's just a somebody turned up the damn sustain. Somebody turned up the low end on the song "Rosetta Stoned," um, which is just after "Lost Keys" on the second half of the album. It's just a, it's just like a four note progression of just trying to 
break your heart out of your chest. Oh, wow. Um, but basically, like, the first two minutes of Rosetta Stone is wonderful for that sort of thing. Um, I say that as someone who used to just... Like we had a, we had a, Jason and I have discussed this before. Uh, there was a pitcher on my baseball team who used to listen to Pastor Troy before he would pitch. How he never killed anyone is a minor miracle. Um, <laughs> I listened to uh, generally in high school, generally Tool, um, Slipknot, System of a Down. I had Early Rise Against, Bad Religion on Cycle, that sort of thing. Okay, so uh, Will says, see, you're large, so he's feeling big baby face bodyguard that turns on <laughs> eel later. I mean, hey, I'll let y'all write the character. Y'all do better than I am. So. Uh, Diesel slash Sid for Shawn Michaels in the early mid-90s energy. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And then Sam goes, Jarrett said Ric Flair, woo, energy. Uh Let's Alex see. is right. The pot, the the pot is damn near the perfect hard rock song, and the iron, the grand irony that is like that, like I, I almost feel like Maynard was probably pissed off he made a song that was that radio accessible because the pot was getting played every hour on the hour by half the alt rock stations in this country, um, because the radio cut of it is damn near perfect. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. Uh, let's see, and then Tom did a, a reaction channel not long ago and just did Rosetta Stone. I mean, it's a great, it's a great song, especially, like I said, especially those, those first two minutes or so where he's just kind of grumbling and just like firing off whatever he wants to say. And then just, but I'll have to send it to you, John, because it's just, it's the low end and it just, it's, it's like rattling your rib cage when you listen to it. Nothing wrong with that, that. and uh, Tom agrees that the pot is damn good. My favorite assessment, though, of Tool still to this day is their last time they came out in 2019. Yeah. Uh, if you're an Oculum, like one review I saw said, I listened to 30 seconds of it. Yep, that's a Tool album. That's the review. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like you, you know Ramon's tune is going to go about two minutes and 38 seconds each and every time. That's pretty much how it's going to run. Uh, you know, it's time for Weekend Whip Around. Okay. Uh, Patent pending trademark coming, and uh, we are also anticipating, uh, probably, hopefully, uh, a visit from. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know who else is in a sneaky, weird way? Hmm. Um, is uh, is is Nine Inch Nails? Except the yeah. genre changes like every three years. No doubt. Um, <laughs> Trent Reznor is just his own moving target. Yeah, yeah Trent sits there and goes, "I want it to be. I want it to sound like this. No, I want it to sound like this. I want it's like." <laughs> well, I mean. Uh, Ghost does the same thing. Um, the I think they're Norwegian. Okay. Uh, the, the, there's a there's a band called Ghost. If you've never heard of them, John. Yeah. Um, uh, Tobias Forge is the is the front man for them. Uh, it's in a very Alice Cooper esque move. Um, they all dress up in very very shocking, like kind of in the shock, by shocking. I mean, like they're just like metal masks. Except the lead singer dresses like a demonic pope. Well, okay then. But it's very Alice Cooper. They're very forward of, hey, we learned long ago that if we do shocking stuff, do you know how many records we sell in the United uh-huh. States doing that? Absolutely true. Um, so they, they, they play that up. But he's a uh, Tobias Forge changes musicians like for every tour. 
Um, you get a different sound out of things. There have been accusations for a number of years now that Dave Grohl actually was one of the ghouls who uh, were in the band. Okay. So, uh, uh, Dave Grohl just pops up wherever. I think at this point, Dave Grohl pops up wherever he wants, oh, yeah. whenever he wants, mm-hmm. and no one really says anything. Everyone's the answer is just, yeah, come on through. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tom wants to know about Lucid Planet. Sam says Ghost is strange to him. Hardy wants to be both country and punk, according to Will. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ghost is very strange, Sam. Some of their stuff absolutely slaps, though. Um, and some of it's just plain weird. Mm-hmm. Don't know how else to describe it. Yes. Um, I, I like it, though. It's fine. Um, yeah. All right. Anyway. So we're avoiding the first match because that involves Atlanta United. Mm-hmm. Uh, Five o'clock, and once again, this is basically cliffhanger style. Vancouver and FC Dallas. Vancouver is a plus 131. Your draw is a plus 237. FC Dallas is a plus 206. Vancouver is favored, considering that they also blew up, uh, was it Real Espana, 5-0 in CONCACAF Champions League in uh, the midweek. So there's that, and still a prohibitive favorite at BC Place. Fun facts. Whitecaps have won their last three meetings with Dallas, including both in 22 after not previously winning consecutive times in the first 24 matches between the sides. Vancouver, the only team to uh, complete the regular season double over Dallas last year. Whitecaps have lost their first two MLS matches this season, despite leading both at the half. First time in club history, Whitecaps have played consecutive matches in which they lost after leading at the half, and they're the first MLS team to do so since D.C. United, November 2020. FC Dallas lost only six regular season road games last year, drawing seven of them. Fewest in a full season since suffering only three defeats away from home in 2010. Dallas had lost at least 10 road games in each of their previous two full MLS seasons, 10 and 21, 11 and 19. Whitecaps have lost their first two matches for the first time in club history. 2019 is the only year in which Vancouver failed to take a point from their first three matches. Jesus Ferreira scored twice in the win over the Galaxy on Saturday, his seventh multi-goal game in MLS. All with Dallas equaling Jeff Cunningham for the second most uh, in uh, games in club history. Jason Kreiss with 10 has done it uh, multiple goals in MLS matches more than Dallas for Ferreira. What say you, Jared Smith? Uh, give me Dallas. <clears throat> um, Vancouver uh, Vancouver actually might be fun this year, too. Um, so slide on Vancouver. Um, give me Dallas on this one. Give me Ferreira continuing to score goals because it's it's fun. It's fine. It really pisses off like people who don't like MLS and I I enjoy putting a thorn in people's paw when 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 they make it easy. So, um, when you tell me that if you put the paw exact the thorn exactly here on my paw, it makes me mad and I'm going to be funny when I'm mad. <laughs> guess what I'm going to do? Uh-huh. I, I'm yes, not, I'm not a complicated human being. No, 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 that is true. This is pretty. I'm I'm pretty simple. This is not this is not a complex existence I lead. Yes, uh, DC hosting uh, the purple team. DC is a plus one twenty one at home against the purple team. Purple team's a plus two twenty, and your draws a plus two forty four. I'm confused. That one is a confusing one for me. Yeah, I mean. You know, open cup to factor in. Yeah, true. And, uh, you know, Gillespie is probably still standing on his head somewhere. 
Yeah, even though I mean he had he took a nasty knock when his head met a player's hip in Concacaf Champions League in the midweek. So we'll see. Yeah, much- that was my that was my favorite thing, by the way, where people like you just hit his like he you were like not making a big enough deal about the fact that his skull bounced off someone's hip. Go 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 to the local science lab, mm-hmm. the library, whatever you have to do. I want you to find the skeleton. Yeah, I want you to look at the size of a human hip bone. It's mm-hmm. not small. Not small. No, you know, his head bounces off of the hip bone. Yeah, that that can be problematic for his uh for his his uh for his brain. Yes. Just so we are clear. Yes. So yes. So keep an eye on that. I, I yeah. A lot of it's going to depend for me. I've got to go with at least a draw for the purple team here because I still think that DC United's a, a dumpster fire, and that might be a bit of an, an insult to dumpsters. Um, I want to see who's in net and I want to see how much rotation, uh, you have from Oscar Pereja in that match. And so I'm going to hold off on that, but say at least draw for the purple team. Do we, do we want to, do we want to take, can I take a moment to make fun of Bill Hamid? Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Bill Hamid, who is uh, not with it, who is without, who is without team FC right now. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Bill Hamid was expected to continue his career in Scotland and it's not happening. Uh, the deal fell through with, uh, Dundee United. That is true. So, and, and so yeah. now you, you want him to hook up with Dundee as opposed to Dundee. Oh, right? yeah, Dundee FC right across the street. Go ahead, do it. Um, or he can just, I don't know, stop playing. But um, Bill Hamid's always been very outspoken. <laughs> yes, he has. And he's been very loud and I think at times um, very much out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we've talked to Jess about this for years and we've discussed the existence of, you know, the goalkeepers union um, being a thing. Yes. And how often do we see like goalkeepers? They they don't they don't trash each other. They stick no. up for each other. No. Um, if I walked in there and asked Brad Guzan, you know, you know, hey man, that guy was really bad today on the other side. Brad's probably not going to respond well to that. Mm-hmm. Um, goalkeepers are a weird weird strain of human, and they are very low. They they they. I think I think sometimes. And I'd love to talk to Jess about this more. Is it feels like sometimes they 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 exist in their own world of we are our own unique humans, and we stick up for each other. Uh, Bill Hamid was uh, very critical of others at times. And, yes, he uh, was. It feels like now that he might be dropping off a bit. Mm-hmm. That you know he doesn't seem to have a doesn't seem to have a landing spot. Not quite. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also at 7.30 at TQL, FC Cincinnati hosting Seattle. Uh, Brian Schmetzer announced that Bears out at least two to four weeks with a hamstring injury. Is Yes, FC Cincinnati's a plus 106. Your draw's a plus 271. Seattle is a plus 231. Do we need to go further? Do you wish fun facts? No, not really. Okay. So uh, what what you hunting for? Uh, Seattle to – I, I want to know – you know what would be really funny – um, and I know, I know, we we, we we have these conversations with Nico. So uh, I'll say this: when Nico can't uh, slander me face to face or, or screen to screen, um, I would be infinitely amused if Seattle pulled a reverse Seattle this year, came out of the blocks, burning everyone's house down, and after the All Star break, like forgot how to play the sport. Mm-hmm. I would be very amused at that because at least that would be flipping the script a little bit. Yes. Uh, also at seven thirty, a lot of the games at seven thirty this week. Uh, NYC, generally how they go these days. Not quite in uh, Dylan Butler states yet. They are hosting Inter Miami at a minus one twenty two. Your draws a plus two seventy three. 
at the band box known as Yankee Stadium. And Inter Miami is a plus 316 on the road. Ooh, yeah. Okay. 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 I'm a sucker. Okay. You're taking I'm that. Prob- I'm you're probably taking a number? mark at that. At that point, I'm probably a mark for uh, for for the betters because uh, for the people setting the the, the odds in Vegas. Because okay. yeah, give me. I agree, Joe. Uh, give me. Um, give me Miami on the win there. Okay. All right. So yeah. yeah, I just I just always think traditionally that that band box is a problem for folks, and so I was going to go. Not being all that sure about the offense for NYC, not being sure about Miami being in that band box, I was going to go with the draw. That's just me. Uh, also at 7.30, Philadelphia, who did what they had to do in the midweek in Champions CONCACAF Champions League, hosting Chicago Fire. They are a minus 217. They held out a lot of their big names until roughly the 60th minute for substitutes. So they did get 30 in in the midweek. Chicago's north of plus 530, and your draw is a plus 370. I've still got to go with Philly here. Give me the draw there. I don't disagree. And I'm going to take the draw just because it's a plus number because my that's just my 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 heart looking at the – my lizard brain looking at the give me the 300 on the draw yes. uh, because my head agrees with you yes. to give me Philly. Um, that is just uh, that is just uh, lizard brain talking. No doubt. Uh, last one at 7.30, Toronto FC hosting Columbus Crew. Toronto is a plus 106. No word on Insigne. Your draw is a plus 269. Columbus is a plus 231. I've got to go with Toronto at home because Columbus, to me, I'm still they're still trying to figure out who they are under Wilfred Nancy. And traveling to BMO traditionally is a very tough road trip. So they seem to play better, obviously, at home. And we talked about it with, uh, with Michael Parkhurst in hour number one about how difficult it is to win on the road in Major League Soccer. So I've got to lean Toronto here at that plus 106. I'm going to go the other direction from you. I am going to take the team with a uh, striker who can pop up a brace on you in a heartbeat. Um, also, Toronto doesn't impress me right now. Um, if their injury problems continue to mount, which they appear to have after last week, I don't know who is going to be healthy right. after they lost two strikers. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. They lost two um, strikers in that Atlanta game, guys, because Akinola didn't just go out because he was playing poorly. Like, he felt it tighten up a bit on him. Um, oh, 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 uh, Diamande. Uh, Adama well, Diamande. no, Akinola went out, too. Oh, wow. So, that's right. So, you're out Dio. You're out Dio. And I don't Akinola. know if they're – yeah, and I don't know if they're out for the week. That's my thing. Right. Um, but, yes, Dio went out because he felt it pop. He felt it tighten up on him. I don't know if it fully popped on him. But you also had Akinola leave the game. Remember, he subbed in and then had to sub out. Mm-hmm. So no Akinola, possibly. You don't know the status of Dio or Akinola or Insigne going into this match yeah. at home against Columbus. All right, Bernie Desky might carry you through, man. That's it's totally possible. Which reminds but, me, if you have not signed up for the fantasy league, please do so. Yeah, sign up for the fantasy league. Um, gentle reminder that Sean Johnson's the only reason Atlanta didn't win that game four-one. True, like. Aside from the questionable offside goal of Yakamakis, mm-hmm. aside from that, man, you still had Sean Johnson snatch two goals from you. Yes, that is true. Where Atlanta could have, could have, would have, should have had a couple other goals. Um, and you want to offset that against the, you know, double deflection goal that has had two scores. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, 
Sean Johnson's going to have to keep doing this. And we know Sean Johnson can. Yes. Sean Johnson can also pop up occasionally, though, and implode. Yes. Not as much as he's getting older. I think he's kind of I think he's kind of growing out of that, but it's still in there, I think. 830s. Uh, the Loons are hosting Red Bulls in a game that may set soccer back at least half a decade. And the juice oh, no, box. Yeah, uh, Bart. Um, uh, we moved on from the referee decision thing. Of it. Um, I was talking to Jason about it Tuesday that, like, um, I don't know if you were here for that. And we haven't, we haven't had a chance to discuss it because I wasn't able to catch up with you Wednesday. Right. Um, that, like, the thing I keep wondering is if, and uh, uh, Christina Uncle mentioned this on the instant replay, the AR may not have been able to see the far leg of the back defender because it was blocked. And she was going off of what she saw. There's nothing there that fits. She talked about it. There's nothing there that fits clear and obvious. So mm-hmm. they went and looked at it within the confines of what they were able to look at. It didn't fit clear and obvious. It wasn't turn, It wasn't there to turn over. Um, is what it is. We're yep. done. Uh, we passed it. Ricky, um, but no, yeah. Sean Johnson did play his ass off. Yes. Uh, according to Ricky, according to TFC, neither Dio nor Io trained this week. So to me, this sounds more and more like it's going to be one of those ball has cooties games at BMO where they're just going to punt it and look for transitions. I will have a lot of negative thoughts to filter out. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading Bart, uh, Bart's common sex. I have a lot of, I will have a lot of negative thoughts about Bobo if um yeah if if they if they basically decide that the ball has cooties at home against Columbus Oof. because it was already weird enough watching a Bob Bradley team come into Mercedes Benz and not want to play true because that's kind of been that's counter to what he has been his entire career as a coach. Um I will have a well, lot of negative thoughts if he does it at Benz and Schmetzer apologized. For, for the for the Seattle match, it reminded me a lot of that one. Well, no, Spencer didn't apologize here for that one. He apologized for the one in Philadelphia, yeah. um, or no, New England. I'm sorry. Before, right before they that's 2018, right before they came here in 2018, mm-hmm. um, they played in New England, and I think it was Bruce or whoever. No, I think it was Friedel was managing there still. Um, said like, yeah, Spencer came and apologized. Said we just don't have the bodies to play, um, and. Man, yeah, he they wouldn't didn't apologize for anything here. It, it still is the day I think in a lot of my, in a lot of minds. Sometimes tongue in cheek, sometimes not. Yes. It's the day that killed soccer uh, yes. when when uh, <laughs> when Seattle came into Mercedes Benz Stadium in 2018 and just didn't do anything for yes. uh, for for 90 minutes. Uh, got a goal on got a, got a penalty on a deflection off of an arm in the box, and that was pretty much it. Um, but it, yeah, if Bob if Bob like basically refuses to play because. And he's at home against Columbus. I'm going to have a lot of really negative thoughts about him, a lot to say about it because, man, I get it. Injuries happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go you go to war with the pieces you got. You, you change you change your style too much. And, man, yes, yeah. kind of sucks to watch. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, true. Uh, let's see. You've got uh, – so Minnesota and Red Bulls. Dialing our way back to this one, uh, juice boxers pretty much have an umbrella over the win on either side. Minnesota United is a plus 165, Red Bulls are a plus 170, and your draws a plus two and a quarter. 
Ugh. You want to talk about setting the game back? And you don't don't go from don't go from watching Toronto FC and Columbus to Minnesota United and Red Bulls. That's all I'm going to say. I want to see how Minnesota continues to deal with this season. Um, again, you're missing your number ten on a complicated legal issue in Argentina. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Robin Lod gonna gonna be that guy? Um, sounds like you're bringing in a striker. You're finally getting a Korean striker. Yes. Um, it's kind of like. It's kind of like the sequel to Major League where he's like, I got you an outfielder from the Giants. What's that one? No, not those Giants. We got you a Korean striker. That one? No, we got you a Korean striker, not necessarily the one you were asking for. Yes. Uh, not the one who was scoring at the World Cup at will. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> got you one, though. Yeah, yeah. Zhang apparently is, is on his way into to Minneapolis. I've just got to go – I've just got to go with one of the most frustrating, non-watchable draws of the season in uh, week number three. Uh, Nashville and uh, CF Montreal, soon to be probably hopefully never impact. No. Uh, Nashville's a minus 112 at Geotis. Your draw is a plus 261 in the composite, courtesy of our friends at Odds Portal. CF Montreal is a plus 300 as Hernan Lozada tries to figure out, okay, who's going to do stuff for me? Kind of default, I'm going Nashville here, and it's one of the free games on Apple. Yeah, I'll take Nashville on this. Um, you know, to continue to get things done. Um, it's not going to be perfect, but with Nashville, it never it never seems to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it they need to get more production out of people not named Honey Mukhtar, but this is yeah. they are in a not identical but somehow similar situation to what Atlanta was in for a long time with 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 Joseph, where it felt like okay, it's working, but we would like someone else other than that one guy to be the one to put the ball in the back of the net at a consistent rate. Um, my question for Nashville, and it may not get addressed this year or next year even, or two years down the road, um, they're going to need to figure this out before Walker Zimmerman starts to slip. Because why, why, do you, why do you think Why do you think we have to figure this out before Walker Zimmerman has to slip? What Jay? the hell is that coming from? My Gary Smith impression? Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> because at some point, they're already not as much of a fortress at the back as they were, which is weird because Walker Zimmerman's still pretty good. Dave Romney's pretty good. He's a um, stalwart at the back. And you've, you've got Shaq Moore, who's been really good in MLS, I thought, for the most part. Um, at some point, though, they got to have – they got to be able to, to – if they get into games where they're not able to lock them down defensively, need someone other than Hani Mukhtar to be able to create. And that doesn't just mean scoring goals, but, like, Hani Mukhtar is – making everything happen, whether it be assisting or scoring, because he is an absolute blessing upon this league. Yes. But they got to have somebody else get the job done. Um, got fi- to have somebody else other than Hani to help you in the buildup. Yeah. So uh, with with Nashville, are you going Nashville by default also because they're at home and we don't know what to expect out of CF Montreal yet? Pretty much. I just I, – and it's not like a hatred of Montreal, but – Man, they lost a lot. They lost a tough game in Austin. Um, played Austin tight the whole way. Um, don't know really if that's a condemnation of them or Austin yet. We'll right. find out yeah. pretty soon here, depending on how things go. By the way, it looks like Austin is going to have to play um, play their game for Concacaf Champions League. Beasts came through. Uh, their yeah. opponent will be their opponent will be visiting them and yes. putting them in hell. Oh, Violette. Oh, goodness. Yeah, Violette, if you want to talk about kick up, you want to talk about ball has cooties for 90 minutes? Violette is going to do absolutely that. 
At hey, man, why not? Hey, you're up three zero. What does it matter? I mean, like it's, like we talked about the other day. Like if you are if you are uh, Dulet, then keep it what first 20 25 minutes if yeah. you can keep them out of the net for the first 20 25 minutes you start to feel better yeah. and better yeah. and better you get into the rhythm of what's going to be going on at Q2 the place is going to be crazy but I, yeah but to your point get into get into the rhythm of the match make sure that you don't give up an early one yeah frustrate austin into you know having to force and press and press and force and then you might get that one chance where you can sit there and add a, another goal on the board look if Violet scores one Austin's got to score five to advance yeah. out of that. And they're going to have counter opportunities because the longer that game goes and gets tighter, um, the, the higher likelihood that that you have a the, – the higher likelihood that you have Austin just going all out saying, we're just throwing bodies forward. We're going to see what happens. Ideally, you want to do what Atlanta did against um, – was it, was it Matagua the first year? Yeah. 2019? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Matagua. Where they got slapped around by Matagua, or was it, or or, or was it uh, Arediano? Arediano, yeah. Um, he got slapped around by Arediano, um, and then they came here. You scored in like eight minutes, and basically put them on notice within like eight minutes. And at that point, it was over. It was a. Te- it was basically a formality. Atlanta just rolled them at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Yeah, but. You got to get that early goal. You have to set the tone. You have to find it, mm-hmm. and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, Bart, I don't know what Joe Biden's plan is to help teams in MLS play. Hold the visa plan did not work. Um, oh, I'm sorry. We scored in two. We were tied in eight. Thank you. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> even better. Even better. What? You know, and Will's right. Like it's even more, it's even more intense than I just said. Yes, you scored pretty much immediately. Set the tone of, "Hey, welcome to hell for the next ninety minutes mm-hmm. to this small little soccer-specific stadium on the outskirts of Cobb County, Georgia." I promise you're not. Oh, you thought, oh, you thought you were going to play downtown? Yeah. No, no, man, we're taking you to Kennesaw. We're taking you to the home of the only school that's going to the NCAA tournament. Congratulations. Oh. Welcome to this weird ass little stadium. I promise you're not going to have fun. Yes. Because it, it, let's look at the past records, y'all. Ada Soul has Ada Soul having fun at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. It's not Atlanta United. It's low key a fortress, and it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Go back and look at the games that have been played there. Atlanta United goes full Dr. Ian Malcolm, and life finds a way. Whether it is playing after an apocalyptic storm in the U.S. Open Cup, whether it's moving and playing behind closed doors to yes. uh, to Charleston, where the only sound is Leandro Gonzalez Perez yelling at the official from the stands, oh, whether fantastic. it is beating whoever the hell they have to beat in the Open Cup or U.S. Open Cup or um, or Concacaf Champions League, Fifth Third Bank Stadium is the weirdest little fortress you have ever seen. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely true. And I'm looking forward to MLS Next Pro at the Fraction this year. That's going to be a fun part. Oh, it's going to be so beautiful and dumb and wonderful. Exactly. Uh, 8.30 also, Sporting Kansas City hosting LAG. Still no uh, Chicharito from all indications. Sporting at home is a plus 129. Your draw is a plus 257. LAG on the road is a plus 193. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. 
This is also on uh, Season Pass. Fun fun fact. We'll go ahead and go fun facts on it. Oh, to, to have everybody come through. I know. I um, hey, that's what we're host. That's what we do every Friday. Sporting unbeaten in their last four with the Galaxy winning three. Though the last match ended in the two-two draw in Carson back in September, Sporting has lost only two of their last fourteen against the Galaxy, winning seven, dating back to October of twenty fifteen. Sporting won their final six home matches of twenty two, longest winning streak, a home winning streak for the club since the six game run in twenty seventeen. Sporting has won a club record seven straight home matches twice in 2000 and then 1998 with that run in 98, including one breakaway shootout win, bring back the breakaway shootout. Uh, Galaxy opened their 23 season with the three, one loss to Dallas opened a season with back-to-back defeats just three times in club history in 2017, 2001 and 1997 when they lost three in a row, though the first of those was a breakaway shootout defeat sporting earned their first point of the season in the scoreless draw where William Yarborough stood on his head. That's a dollar in the jar but uh, still looking for their first goal of 2023 despite hitting 11 shots on target against Colorado Sporting's 15 shots on target this year, second most behind Seattle, who has scored with six of their 17. Dejan Jovalich scored the Galaxy's only goal on Saturday, so uh, the Bishop got his third straight road game with a goal dating back to last season, including playoffs. Only three players in Galaxy history have scored in four straight road MLS games. Jarrett, can you name them? No. For LAG. No. Uh, Don Ovan back in 2009. Ugh. Landon Donovan. Robbie Keane in 2012-2013. I mean, he probably bit someone's Achilles out at the same time. Absolutely true. And uh, Zlatan, who came and conquered MLS and decided to go back to Serie A. In After not winning anything? Yeah, I know. He yeah. went to a playoff, I think. Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah, I think he went, to, he went to a playoff round, I believe. Yes. So yes, he, uh, he 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 conquered MLS much in the way that the U.S. military conquers places after the 1960s. Yes, because uh, you know going into the movie 1950s. Excuse yeah, me. Well, yeah. Well, going into stripes, they were ten and one. You know, if you if you listen to John Winger, John Winger admits that going into the final drill instruction test for his platoon, they were ten and ten and one. So we know we know the record since ten and one. So we we know the record of the U.S. military since then. Yeah, with a one playoff his second year. Whoop the boo. Whoop the ish. Uh, and then it's and Sam is absolutely true. Zlatan does not go to playoffs. Playoffs go to Zlatan. So uh, Will thinks that Joe Davis could be a fortress in Hunt City. All I know is that Zlatan didn't walk out of here with any trophies. That's true. Uh. Joe Davis might be a fortress for Hunt City. They had 1,100 at a local park for a preseason match at Hunt City. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do a road trip and then go and oh, check yeah. out, and check out Jack Collison and see what's going on. Absolutely, uh, we're actually going to do that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good with weird little fortresses. Fifth Third Bank is just a weird little fortress for Atlanta United. They did really good when they had to play there. No doubt. Um, Go back when they had to play St. Louis in the Open Cup in 2019. There, mm-hmm. um, they put they they uh, basically put Chattanooga in a camel clutch there last year. Yes, um, and granted, they haven't exactly like look Atlanta United isn't exactly playing you know MLS Cup contenders when they play at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. They're playing smaller teams in the Champions League. They're playing U.S. Okay, I don't know what happened. Let me do this. Let me do this real quick. 
Uh, boom, boom. I don't know what happened to Jarrett. I do not know. Um, what happened? I don't know, but you're back. That's what matters. Oh, okay. No, I'm just uh, Atlanta hasn't played like world beaters in 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 Fifth Third Bank Stadium, but they keep winning and beating USL teams is and and smaller like Concacaf teams. It, I know it's not like beating MLS Cup contenders, but it's it's still it's still funny that they just keep winning those games. Yep. And this, uh, the uh, ants did get me. They're actually actively carrying me away right now. Yes, they're carrying you away. Ha ha. He he. You know how many you know how many ants it takes to carry me away? No doubt. A large human. Yes, uh, four matchups to go, and then we get into Atlanta and Charlotte. RSL at 9.30 hosting Austin FC. RSL is a plus one. Oh, RSL. At a one eighteen, at home at the Riot. Austin, by the way, is a plus 2.12, and your draw is a plus 2.59. 10.30s, Portland and St. Louis City SC. Uh, Portland's minus 104. I'm not messing around with this one. I think St. Louis gets thumped. Uh, St. Louis and the draw or a plus 266. Okay, it depends. Is St. Louis going to... <laughs> the spirit of Fifth Third Bank Stadium snatched me away for trying to reveal their secrets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Charleston Battery came and got me, Will. They decided they didn't want me talking. Um, yeah, uh, it depends. It, here's the question for St. Louis. Are you going to get a gift goal every week on a really bad back pass? Oh my because God. if you get one at, at the rate you're going, which is one a week, oh. yeah, you're going to be in most games. Yes, that is true. Absolutely true. I, I don't know if they get a gift this week, but uh, I've got to go. I've got to go with the home side. I really do. I think that Portland takes care of business. I mean, I think that that minus one hundred four. They're hedging, considering what has happened the last two weeks with St. Louis. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. But I think that I think St. Louis City SC gets their comeuppance. I legitimately that was such, okay. Like last week was such a weird game because like St. Louis is full on like Red Bull esque press. Mm-hmm. You know, Charlotte plays through them. They get a goal. Then you get an own goal, a penalty. And then just an awful back pass that that makes up those three goals, and it's gonna be kind of weird watching them try and continue to build things. Like the last goal they scored against Austin, which was really cool, mm-hmm. it was really nice built, is really nice, quick like run that outlet, go run that little, gonna run that little uh, skinny post, um, and then you're gonna get the ball and run down and just put it back in the net. No big deal. Um, don't know why Chan Gailey is going to be scheming plays up for them, but there you go. <laughs> um, all that being said, I want to see how they can how they do if if teams are able to play a clean game defensively. Now I understand that the way they press is to keep you from playing a clean game defensively and to put you in hell. Can yes. they continue to do that though? And again, are they going to get gifts every week? Yes. Yeah. For real. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, Michael Head, St. Louis's charmed life has to come crashing down, and he looks forward to seeing it. Yeah. And uh, Bart City hasn't really created many goals, even with the press. No, I mean, uh, like I said, last week they created an own goal, they created a penalty, and then, um, like, it. it how do and the question then becomes like, how do we define like? Do we define it as creating it when a center back like turns around and then just leaves a ball short? Yeah, because it like. In both of them, they weren't under pressure necessarily. They were under some pressure, but they weren't like 
you know, it wasn't like they got it taken off of them with a great tackle. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to play it back. Oh, that was 20% power and I needed 75% uh, power. It's true. Huh. That's going to be a pro up oh, and it is a goal. And oh, that's a problem. Yeah, I'm going to be watching that one on film this week. Like it seems like it's very, it's, it's not as like, it's, it's not as cre- not as much right. And those, those two especially weren't, didn't feel as much like created by the press as, Hey, there's a press in the vicinity and I'm going to screw up the back pass. Uh-huh. And with the Austin one, I yeah. know we spent a week, uh, people spent a week zabrutering the absolute life out of that one, wondering yeah. if he played it back because the dude called and said, Hey, just pass it back to me. Hey, hey buddy. Hey, Kip. Hey, buddy. Kip. Oh, wait, we're Kip. not on the same team anymore. Damn. Yes. Kip, yeah. Jared Stroud to Kip Keller. Kip, yeah. Kip, Kip. Hands, hands up, palms up, palms up and raised. Um, so that's one of your 1030s. Saint, uh, San Jose, Jarrett, your Quakes hosting Colorado at PayPal Park. I feel like we have to say that very quickly. Quakes. Uh, Quakes at a minus 104, Rapids at a plus 262, and your draws at a plus 271. Yeah, Colorado is in scoring. And, but the only, my only caveat in this is Yarborough, considering he had uh, 11 zillion saves last week. I mean, if you're looking for fantasy points, Join the Fantasy League if you haven't. Jason Wright uh, Agency on Facebook. Jason Wright with a W-A-G-E-N on Twitter. Um, William Yarbrough is putting up massive fantasy points so far this year because he has to to keep the Rapids in these matches. That's my only concern uh, to keep it away from a San Jose win and Jeremy Abobasin. My counterpoint to that would be that he is making a bunch of points and making a bunch of saves because he has to, but eventually that comes crashing down and you hit regression. Okay. So rush on the road instead of with the prairie dogs is what you're saying. Hey man, the plague waits for no man. Uh your one game on Sunday is Sunday night at 10:30. LAFC coming off of their 3-0 win against our friends at the Alabalense. I really want this to end poorly for them in Champions League because I want this to end in such a way that Chiellini is sitting there wondering how his career is ending, getting his ass beat by a Central American team, or yeah, or a, or a Caribbean team. Yeah, I know that would be that'd be fun. It would just be hilarious to like. I was playing in Champions League finals. How did it end? Just what? getting absolutely trucked by Alo Valenze, and I, I get that didn't happen. Like they 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 pretty much yeah. pinned Alo Valenze down for ninety minutes. And, yeah. Uh, aside from a couple of wayward opportunities, and just pummeled them into the ground. Yep. Uh, and so since Chiellini played, I think Chiellini actually played 90 last night. Do not anticipate seeing Chiellini in the starting lineup on Sunday as uh, as the Revs come to town. I'm totally good with that. Oh, hey, man, play your big play, play your big name boys in the Champions League. Make sure you get it done and go for that Champions League glory. See if you too, too, can make it to the Club World Cup one day. Yeah. Um, by all means, prioritize that. You can make up games in the league. Yes. Uh, LAFC is a minus 204. The Revs are a plus 521. Your draw is a plus 350. Dennis Buanga showed why he was a good pickup by John Thorrington as LAFC continues to push the limits of the uh, salary cap in Major League Soccer. Um, yeah, man. I mean, like that plus 500 is a pretty number, isn't it? Too bad I'm not going to take it. No. <laughs> I've got to go with LAFC in this one. I think it's late Sunday night, LAFC. I think that uh, I think that you're you're staring at LAFC in that one. All right, final twenty minutes. It is a Charlotte and Atlanta United. Charlotte FC is a home favorite at a plus one thirty four. Your draw is a plus two sixty. 
Atlanta United is a plus 184 on the road. And once again, you know, we we mentioned, Jarrett, when, when Cap was on, just how difficult it is in general to win on the road in Major League Soccer. If, uh, like I said, if I remember the number correctly, I think it was two out of every seven. I think you're looking at basically a 286 clip last year for teams on the road to win. And uh, Atlanta United, though, with the, the firepower that they have, I know that expectations are that they come out with uh, uh, full points there. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to win on the road. It, this is going to be one of your... Um, Ricky's already going to take Atlanta United at the plus 180. Well, this is the thing. Though. This is this is going to be one of your more favorable road matchups because it's one of the closest ones you can have. It's it's a couple hours up the road. Uh, for England, this would be a an arduous trek with which we would have to pack up all of our belongings and go Oregon Trail style, fording the rivers and trying to hope everyone doesn't die of dysentery in the four hours it takes us to get to one stadium to the other. And I understand that that might be problematic for y'all. For us, that's literally like take a a trip up to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Not not that you would want to. I I don't know, man. Charlotte doesn't do anything for me. It's it's nice enough. It's just kind of there, though. Um, uh, Mm -hmm. But I know people who absolutely adore it, so... I won't begrudge them that. This one's gonna be interesting, though, in the sense that, like, I think Atlanta's gonna. I, I want to see how Atlanta's offense goes in this game, because I think they're gonna have lots of room to move around. Because the first two matches, if you uh, after the goal that they give up against San Jose, mm-hmm. and then basically the entirety of the Toronto game, they didn't really have much room to do anything. No. Um, you know, line everyone's packed in and a line of four. You had yeah, nine. everything's packed in pretty tightly, and Atlanta doesn't really have room to do much offensively. Now, I would assume that Charlotte is going to come out and try and be on the front foot with a lot of this, Compact. but yeah. we'll see. Uh, we'll see if they are or not. But I think Atlanta is going to have room to try and make things happen offensively, get guys in space with room to run, try and stretch things out a bit. It could be a lot of fun. The emotion on this game, I'm sure, is going to be – it's going to be really high. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long the Anton Walks tragedy hangs over this entire series um, because he does mean a lot to both teams. Right. Um, and I'd imagine it, it, it hangs over it for a number of years because not not in a bad way, but in like in, in a memory sense. Um so we'll see. Um, it's I'm going to be really interested to see who manages their emotions on it. Um, the fan bases should be really fun. I know a lot of Atlanta fans are going up there for it. I know the Charlotte fans will be up for it. Uh, they take it very seriously in the sense they would love to take another scalp off Atlanta. Remember, they won there last year, won nothing on the uh, on the Olympico, the Olympico off yeah. the corner. Um, man. I I like Atlanta in this mm-hmm. because of the rate they've been able to to cause problems even when teams are bunkered in they have and they and they seem to have been trying to correct things as they go along like first game lot of speculative shooting from the outside trying to loosen them up I mean this is it's look you want to loosen up a really tight defense pull the trigger from deep and make them step out and try and create a little bit of space for you to operate inside because you can't walk it into the box. If there's tons of people sitting in the box, it makes it nigh impossible. You've got to try and open it up with shots on the outside. Yep. Now, granted, those shots have to be on target. It doesn't have to be just Tiago Almada hitting that shot off the underside of the crossbar. 
They need to be shots that actually challenge the goalkeeper, not land in row Q. I get that. There's nuance there. But you're gonna have to do that at some point to try and loosen up the same thing, the same way that you know you would you would shoot from the outside to loosen up in basketball. Not exactly the same thing, but let's get it in the ballpark and see what happens. Now, that being said, I like I said, I think Charlotte will come out enough. And if you can turn them over in the midfield, which you've been really good at, and if you get Franco Ibarra playing in this game, doing what he has been doing those first two games, then I think you run the opportunity to really stretch them out. Yep. You're looking at, and it was good to have uh, Willie P. Style on, the play-by-play voice for Charlotte. We had him on yesterday. And you're looking at an integration at the back, with them, with Bill Tuiloma having uh, being brought in to help out at the back. You're looking at Cisniega in net instead of Kalina. And there's questions with Cisniega. And for those of you that remember his time at LAFC, Bob Bradley wasn't all the most confident in Pablo Cisniega in net. Mm-hmm. So you've Take got a couple good saves uh, in the first two weeks, though, in his defense. Yeah. So you have uh, Cisniega in the back line still trying to figure themselves out. Bart, we'll get to your question. I saw it. And a couple of questions on the board that we do want to get into here uh, involving your questions and your thoughts. But I'm looking at Atlanta on the edges once again. I'm looking at what you've seen from either from the combination of Etienne, Wiley, Gutman on the left, the combination of Lennon sending in crosses, Luis cutting in on the right and Tiago doing Tiago things. So then that means the first question, and Sam's correct, Sosa could be – Sosa is off suspension, so he would be eligible for selection. Sam, does Gigi start, or is he the second-half hero? You asking me? Um, That's the first question to the floor. If he, can, if he can give me 70 minutes, I'm starting him. Yeah. If he can give me 65 minutes, I'm starting him. I'll bring on Miguel Berry in the second half. Absolutely. If he can give me – if he can give me 65 minutes, absolutely, I'm starting him. The end. And you would end up with that matchup of Yakamakis and Tui Loma, which is what I would anticipate that Christian Latanzio would do is get your most physical guy at the back. I mean, and, uh, you know, Tui Loma, Tui Loma's two spins. You know, I think he's 6'1". So you're looking at someone – who is going to be something of a physical equal to uh, Yakamaki. So. Big New Zealander, man. You don't want to, like, <clears throat> look, he's not as big, obviously, as, like, Stephen Adams, but I have a rule about against fighting people from New Zealand. Yes. The rule is don't do it. Don't do it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but uh, I also don't fight people from Crete, if I can help no. it as well. And no. both of them are sizable human beings. We could end up with, like, a, you know, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla energy in that mm-hmm. game. Yep. And so that would be that'll be an interesting uh, element for me in this. So Bart's QOD. Yes. At what week in MLS do we feel we'll see the real team and not a team trying to figure itself out, shaking off the rust? It's week three, and I don't know if I feel confident Charlotte will be as bad as they've been in the first two weeks. But I also think they might be actually bad, capital A, capital B. On the flip side, I think Atlanta United is making progress, and we should have uh, Gigi and Etienne on the field, which will make us better. That's Bart's QOD. And – so this whole thing has been um, something has been an interesting question for me as well because okay so so Barton I'll t- I'll take everyone's opinion on this I feel like um, I feel like 
Latanzio's just is I don't I don't mean it insultingly, so let's just go ahead and say it without it being insultingly. I feel like he's kind of boring. Yeah. Like he's kind of he's kind of mid. Yeah. Like it, the like the floor is higher with him, but the ceiling might not be as high. Yeah. With what he's doing with that team. Yeah. Might be a playoff team, especially as they get more depth. And look, I mean, they had a lot to they had a had a lot to deal with this offseason more than anyone has, more than anyone should have to deal with. I don't know how many times we'll have to drive that home. But let's do it again for good measure. They had a lot to deal with. Um, yes. Also, Christian Kalina having surgery. You're losing your goalkeeper who was outstanding last year. Yep. I just kind of feel like they're good, maybe. They're- but that good might be what they can be. Now, are they that right now? They haven't been. No. Um, can they be that? Sure. Um, you have a you have you have a number of attackers that now you feel like should work together. See, um, every sentence that you are creating for yourself is ending on a hot, you're ending on an upstroke with your with your voice. It's like eh, maybe it, there's always there seems to be this attached maybe to your to your track at the end of every sentence. You're kind of like eh? is it maybe is it is it, it, it you're ending on an upstroke there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of downstroke confidence in your sentence structure okay well let's i mean you have one designated player who came out like a house on fire last year yep when he got here yeah um damn near played himself into a polish national team picture for a world cup and then he went ice cold yep True. you have another one that was doomed from the start because leadership had to open their damn mouth and talk about well he scored he scored uh was he scored in uh scored in england Darby County with Yosef. He scored a, yeah, he's he's he scored in England, so how hard can it be to score in MLS? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah. didn't he didn't score or assist for like 10 games or more. Yeah, yeah. Yosniak um, was uh not Yosniak was bad. Mm-hmm. Did not did, just bad. Mm-hmm. You brought in another striker this year, who scored against uh St. Louis before the wheels came off in that weird game. Um and I mean, those guys should be able to do work, but will it, will it all fit together? So let's ask the same question that gets asked about Atlanta in the past, because I don't think it's unfair to ask the same question to about other places. You've brought in these pieces. Can they work together? Yeah. Because that's not a question that you only ask yourself. It's a question you ask others. Mm-hmm. I wish Bam were here right now. I'm assuming Bam is sleeping because it's, uh, it's late night in Australia. But we had this question about LAFC last year. There were stretches during the middle, second, second, well, the third, four, third quarter, the third pole of the season, where it was just kind of meandering a bit. And it felt like you weren't able to play with Vela and with, uh, Sifu and Chichu Arango and-, and Arango and Bale on the field all at the same time. Yeah, it, it was too many cooks in the kitchen. It wasn't working. Right. When you changed that up, and that's credit to Steve Chirongolo. When you changed it up and you didn't try and force all of them on the field at the same time, it was a better team. That is true. You you can't just th- this isn't FIFA. You can't just throw a bunch of bodies in there, as we have learned here. You can't just throw a bunch of bodies on the field who are really highly rated and expect it to magically work every single time. Can it work consistently for Charlotte? Maybe they've got talent now on the attacking end. I would love to see them build up their depth a little bit more if for their own benefit. Yeah. But man, I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like their ceiling is not as high as it could be. And I don't know how to make it higher. Right. 
Uh, and Sean, we are glad you're here because it is Friday, Friday, Friday. See, I can do that now. Yeah, there's no. Well, it's because also you're controlling the controls. That there's is- no one. There's John has basically like he has basically run a small coup. There's no one to overthrow him out of power. No, that's it. It, it, I, I, it is the outer limits. I am in control of the horizontal. And, and by the way, I agree with everyone. That first goal is the most important thing here. Yeah. You have to score the first goal. You have to put Charlotte in a situation where they are going to have to fight from a position of weakness. Make them chase you. Do not get in a position where you give up some dumb early goal and then you have to chase and they can sit back deeper because they'll be happy to do that because I promise you. People in Charlotte won't care if it's boring. If they sit back for 70 minutes because they get a goal in the 21st minute, if it means they win one nothing, they'll be happy as a clam. Mm-hmm. So you better go get that first goal. Yes. And look, I thought Atlanta came out, played really well in game two against Toronto. Yes. Like they came out, they didn't get pushed around to start that game. It, where It's like the engine didn't turn over to start things against uh, San Jose, but then you started finding your gear. It felt like you found your gear pretty damn early against Toronto. You need to have it from the start against Charlotte because if you can put them, if you can put them on the mat early. Yes. Yeah. I really like your chances. That's, that's what you do. Uh, Michael head. Let's, uh, let's not underestimate Charlotte reminder last year. Everyone was saying how bad their roster was, even their manager at the time, Miguel on Ramirez. Then they beat you on the Olympico, and I know because the goal happened right in front of him. I feel like everybody finally made peace with the fact that it was a – so like, let's, let's, let's separate this out. It was a bad initial build. Oof. It took five months for everyone to finally admit it outside of Miguel Angel Ramirez, who I think El Flo still has not forgiven Charlotte for firing him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all things said all things said and done and and reasons being what they were for Charlotte to make that decision, I think El Flo still has not forgiven them. No. Um, but it was a bad initial build. They supplemented it about as well as you could have asked them to, considering once they had like built the Lego set, they looked around and went, well, this isn't really good now, is it? And when they Miguel went, and Angel like, at preseason media day goes, we're screwed, but, and that, and that yes. was the word that he used. Yes. It's but it got it got better because they supplemented it well. Um, they got some performances they didn't expect, like didn't expect Kalina to be one of the best goalkeepers early in 2022, oh, no. and he kept them alive in a number of games with his work. Um, Shinyashiki came in and was really good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rios was really good for them. Like I thought the I thought the supplemental moves they made once they looked at that roster and went, well, this ain't going to cut it. I thought those were really good moves. Yeah. Uh, so it's a weird thing, man. Because yeah, to Michael's point, like their initial roster build was not good. No. The moves they made to try and fix it, about as good as you could have hoped for. Yes. Because, especially considering you were outside of an international window at that point, and you are limited by your salary cap. And I get it, expansion teams have more money to play with, but they did about as well as they could with it. And, I mean, again, last year, they beat Atlanta on, on an Olympico mm-hmm. where they caught Brad Guzan sleeping. Um, and they started quick, too on that particular um yeah they were good yeah um they they were up for that game but after that man it was just it was so it was so up and down for them you go i mean they're uh, i'd love to ask them i would i would assume charlotte fans would say they're one of their highlights was beating atlanta in that game i would like to think one of their other ones was absolutely curb stopping philadelphia underneath the dirt a week after atlanta should have because you remember they beat philly like four nothing or four one 
Yeah. Um, that's like five days after Philly had come to Atlanta and played a nil-nil draw where, um, where Andre Blake basically kept that from being a 3 nothing game, where Atlanta should have beaten Philadelphia like a drum, Absolutely. and Andre Blake just refused to lose that day. And, and basically all of that regression caught up with them in Charlotte, and it's, it was a, man, if, if you wanted like a poster win, I would still argue that them beating Philadelphia like a rented mule late in the season was a about as close to a poster win as they were going to get last year. And cause it was beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, broadcast plans for Mike and Jason. And I think since this is uh, Jake and it's Jake and TT on the first game of the weekend, which, which I find that I find that interesting. Uh, you've got to do a little bit of deep diving, but the kickoff is at 1225 because it is also the game on it's free Apple TV and it's also on Big Fox, which means that uh, unfortunately, I believe we will have John Strong and Stu Holden sit, uh, standing in front of a, 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 a sponsored curtain opportunity instead of perhaps being on site. Don't know. But uh, so far, all the matches this year that have been on Big FOX have been in front of a, a, uh, a curtain. And I think that... Uh, so we'll see if that continues with Fox's production this season. But kickoff twelve twenty five. So Fox is getting the super hyper mega uh, pregame show. Yeah. So maybe they're in Los Angeles if they're going to do the super hyper mega pregame show, and everybody's in the two separate sets. That would be my guess. If they're going to do big pregame show twelve twenty five, then that, <laughs> then that means that uh, they, everybody might be in the World Cup scenario that we saw in Los Angeles. So keep an eye on that. So that means that Mike and Jason will start. Traditionally, they start at 1130. So 1130, 92.9 the game. And uh, on uh, the Odyssey app, 92.9thegame.com, they're going to do their super hyper mega pregame show because of kickoff being at 1225, and then they'll be on for an hour after when it comes to Atlanta and Charlotte. So (laughs) the last question we'll give to Michael Head. Uh, Someone explained to me how every keeper has the game of their life, stands on their head against us for years, is that our style of players is simply they know they're going to get tested and want us to show out. I mean, the Sean Johnson I won, I think, made sense in the sense that Sean Johnson's from here. He probably had family in the building. Um, he wanted to show out for his hometown, uh, for his family. I mean, more power to him for it. He was great. Otherwise, like, I don't know, man. It just feels really dumb sometimes that it keeps happening. Um, I'm sure other teams feel that way, too. Uh, I'm sure – you know who really felt that way on the other when the shoe was on the other foot? Hmm. 2017 in Orlando when Tito hit that rocket in like the 88th oh, minute yes. because go back and look at the highlights of that game. That was Brad Guzan's first game with Atlanta United. Um, Brad Guzan made like three or four saves in that game. He had no business making. Nope. Like Brad Guzan rolled in like day one, cracked his knuckles, and just put and put like put Orlando in a special hell. <laughs> it was amazing. And I don't know if they ever really got over that emotionally. Um, because, again, Brad Guzan coming from Aston Villa, where people are already trashing him because Atlanta had decided they were going to sign him. They were so he, bad. He was in a shooting gallery at Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. That, that defense was so, like, cartoonishly bad. Like, oh. basically the first half of the Space Jam game between the Monstars and the Looney Tunes kind of bad. And he gets here, and then he just basically goes unconscious for 90 minutes. And I'm sure they felt that way, too. 
I don't know why we seem to catch people's best efforts. I don't know, man. MLS has a lot of really good goalkeepers. The stupid part of it is sometimes you get really bad goalkeepers having games like that. Uh, was it Kenneth Vermeer for Cincinnati yeah. who did that? Yeah. Kenneth Vermeer was one of the worst goalkeepers in MLS two years ago. But damn it all, if he did not black out for 30 minutes against Atlanta and make some saves that were amazing and then not do a damn thing else for the rest of the year. Alec Cann came back home last year, saved a penalty. And then had a couple of more really good saves in that game. Then he got Wally pipped. Yes. The end. I yes. don't know what it is about this place. Probably has something to do with the fact that we knocked out a couple churches to build a stadium. That could very well be true. Uh, yeah, Roman Solomon. I'm not bringing back Rocco Rios Novo, Emilio. I'm not. I no. love Rocco to death. He's a really good kid. I hope he kills it out in Phoenix. But I got a, I got a line up now behind uh, Brad where I got two veterans with him. And I'm looking real hard at Justin Garces in the next year or two. And then mm -hmm. Vicente Reyes after that. That is correct. So, uh, yeah. So, and Quentin Westberg and Clement Giop had their days against Atlanta United. So, what do you do? You bring them into the fold. All right. Uh, I got to go to the Megan Coliseum. Jared's got to actually do work stuff. And uh, we'll be back at it again on Monday. We'll talk about things being uh, reactions. Uh, over under on par. We'll go through what happened. <laughs> okay, Emilio's joking. Sorry. It's all right. Perfect. Carry on, Emilio. <laughs> uh, don't scare. Don't scar us all like that, please. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Exactly. So uh, we'll be back on Monday, and uh, we will drop through everything that happened in the weekend. Atlanta United, obviously, with everything else going on. So uh, since it's the end of the show, Jared, take us home. Much applause to y'all. Have a good weekend. Be safe. What he said. So uh, enjoy your weekend. For Jarrett, for Jason, for Nick, I'm just John. Since it's the end of the show, that means I get to do this. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you Monday.